1: Hello, we're so glad that you joined us today. This is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. We believe that this teaching from God's Word will empower you to live a full, impactful life in Christ. As always, you can access this teaching and more for free on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. Let's get into the Word.
2: Father, open eyes, illuminate hearts, do what only you can do, and we'll give you all the honor and all the glory. And the church says, Amen. And amen. Today, we're going to talk about freedom. Harry Tubman said, I freed a thousand slaves. I could have freed a thousand more if they only knew they were slaves. So as we talk about freedom, it's a powerful assignment. And uh, we're going to back into our focus. But in verse 12, Paul, by the Holy Spirit begins with therefore therefore is a conjunction connecting what has already been said with what is about to be said and the fact that we're beginning this verse with a therefore at the front indicates that we are jumping into something midstream you know change is hard at first messy in the middle but oh it's so beautiful in the end And we can get the first things right, the first chapters right, but still lose if we give up in the middle and don't endure to the end. Again, we're beginning in verse 12 with a therefore. So this argument has been building for six chapters. And actually right now we are stepping into in the movies what we would call the chase scene. So he says, by the Holy Spirit, therefore, the law is holy. The law given to Moses at Mount Sinai was designed to reveal God's character. The world up to that time only knew the gods. The gods were highly immoral. If you know anything about the Greek gods, you know, most of the other gods in other places were very similar. Um, they, they you didn't really know about the nature and the character of God. They were kind of willy-nilly. You didn't know if they were mad at you, not mad at you. So God had to come to reveal his character. And, and, and the goal of the law was holiness. But God knew only one man would be able to fulfill all the claims of the law. Let's go to Matthew 5 and 17. Listen to Jesus do not think like some folks do think that I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to what fulfill only Jesus would embody and achieve all that was written in the written law of Moses. One church father summarized it this way. He said this, the son of God became a man so he could enable men and women to become sons of God. Now, this is the whole gospel message, and today we have a lot of church messages, but today we're going to get back to the gospel message. Jesus paid the penalty for our sins so we could receive righteousness. He paid a debt he didn't owe because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. This is the definition in my mind of God's grace. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Now it's going to take a little more unpacking for light bulbs to go off. So stay with me. Romans seven 12. Let's go back. The law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. God knew that we'd all For short. But he was gracious enough. To give his people something. To aim at. Where there are no standards. There will be no efforts toward improvement. I'd rather fail trying to do something. Than to succeed. Help me Lord Jesus. At doing nothing. The problem was not that the law was bad. It's weakness was that it didn't help. Stay with me. Romans 7 and 7. Let's go back a little bit to understand the therefore. and They will move forward again. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. How many you know a speed limit doesn't help you slow down? Mm-hmm. All a speed limit does is make the fact you're speeding harder to ignore. So the law of Moses, all it did was post the legal demands and what God required in his nation. And we're grateful for that. But the reason the old covenant is old and God had to bring a new is because God wanted to do more and he wanted to do better. Jesus came to not just point out the laws and the demands and the character and nature of God. He came to open a garage shop and give each of us a spanking brand new engine fully equipped with cruise control. So now each of us can drive past the police with confidence. When we see Popo, we don't have to get nervous. Because God has put something on the inside of us. That aligns ourselves with divine authority. You still with me? All right. For I would not have known covetousness. He didn't change the subject. Pay attention. Unless this law had said, you shall not what? Covet. So the problem was the law brought the knowledge of sin, but not the power to stop sin. Just like you know you should eat that cupcake. But knowing right and doing right are not the same things. And what I want to say to you today, I want to challenge you. There's a whole segment of the body of Christ, I think, that gets this piece wrong. Don't focus so much. Now, there's a place for it, and I believe in these things. On the big gospel power items like casting out demons, raising the dead, healing the sick, and speaking of vast all Those are great things, and, and thank God for them. But, 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 but don't focus on it until you first get enough Holy Spirit power in your life to control the small things. Like your tongue. Like your attitude. And find enough power in your life and from God to be nice. Back to Romans 7 and 13. It hurt a little bit, but it'll get better. And and he's explaining because people don't quite understand the relationship between, you know, the law of Moses and and, and the New Testament. So he said, hasn't what is good become death to me? He says, certainly not. Certainly not. The speed limit is a good thing. The speed limit protects children while they're playing. The speed limit makes it possible for us to stop at uh, red lights. Uh, the speed limit uh, actually protects us with all the risk that comes from, from the higher speeds. The speed limit is not the problem. The issue is the rebellion. The selfishness in our hearts that it exposes when we violate it. I didn't get a lot of amens. (laughs) Breathe. Breathe. I speed sometimes too. But I do take advantage of that five to ten miles an hour the police officers do give us. I know about it and I I do take advantage of it. (laughs) But sin, that it might appear sin. So the problem was sin wasn't appearing the way, but we're going to... Digress in a moment. Let's not do that. But sin that it might appear sin was producing death in me through what is what good. In other words, the speed limit, because of the speed limit, I kept having to pay money on tickets. that I could have paid on food. I kept having to hire lawyers to defend me. And, and I kept having to take time off work to, to tend to these issues. Also, each time the cops pulled me over, they also found other things. Did that get too real? You see, hiding underneath the front seat, now they came because you were speeding, but often it's those other things you got in the car. Mm -hmm. Y'all act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. I'll talk to this side of the room. But hiding under the front seat, the front seat of your impatience, Was pride, attitude, and a hundred other illicit, illegal, spiritual items. So behind that thing you keep getting caught at is a hundred other things connected. So that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly what? Sinful. You see, it's one thing to trespass when there are no signs posted because you, you say, I didn't know. I didn't know this was someone else's property. I, didn't, I thought it was, 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 was public lands. But when they read the law out loud and, and you know later when they went to the synagogue, they heard the law, they knew the law. And the law became a neon sign. Don't go there, don't do that. This is not the way. So no one in Israel could say that they didn't know the speed limit was 65 miles per hour like, Bishop, I don't enjoy this message. Stay with me. For we know that the law is spiritual. But I am carnal. This is the whole problem. Without God's help, you and I are carnal. Carnal literally means of the flesh. Sarks in Greek, but it just simply means of the flesh. And by the time Paul wrote this in the first century, the term flesh was, was associated or represented human weakness against or contrasted by God's strength and God's spirit. So you had the flesh which that was weak and the spirit that was strong. But he wasn't saying, please, people misinterpret the scripture sometimes. He wasn't saying the body or our bodies are evil because elsewhere it says our bodies are the temple of the Holy spirit. And in that age and day, temples were exquisite. Temples were beautiful. Temples were, were marvels in those times. And he said, our bodies are more elaborate than the most beautiful uh, temples on the planet. And then in Psalm 139 and 14, he says, we are wonderfully and marvelously made. So he's not talking about our bodies. He's talking about something else. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. I am susceptible to self-centeredness, short-sightedness. Paul was one of the greatest apostles who had ever lived, wrote much of our New Testament. But I need to tell you something. Your title. How long you've been in church does not protect you from being a human being. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a few chapters in their lives they don't want anyone to read out loud. Everyone has a battle they're still fighting in areas of our lives that we're not proud of. Even Paul. And we could put people on the pedestal. And we can start thinking, well, they don't have my struggle. They don't go through. Yeah, they go through exactly what you went through. That's why they can preach to us because they've been there and they bought the t They got the T-shirt and all the rest of it. But But I am what carnal sold under sin. What he was saying is without the help of the Holy Spirit, we are sin slave. We are the puppet master's puppet. We are the devil's doormat a life ruled by the flesh is absolutely frustrating because it's completely dependent on finite human effort and inadequate human resources and that frustrates because you know we we want our wife we want our husband we, we maybe if i make enough money or maybe if i get this nose job and i i look a little bit better you know that would fix me and i'd be okay with me you will just end up more frustrated because flesh can only go but so far. For what I'm doing, this is the apostle though. Please understand. It's the apostle. For what I'm doing, I do not understand. It makes no sense. You know, I'm deep and I'm smart and everything, but, but this defies me. I, I plan to do one thing with my mind, but I do something else with my mouth and with my body. I don't understand it. For what I'm doing, I do not what? Understand. Life in the flesh is a constant street fight with condemnation and personal disappointment. For what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. Now we're getting to a key. Because I want you to notice in these, I think it's 14 to, to 25. He uses the word I 24 times. Then he uses me, myself, and my 13 times. More reference to self than any other place in the Holy Writ, our Bible. You see, the more you try to live for God in your own strength, the more exasperated you're going to be. So he continues, if then I again, you see this I do what I will not do or, or what I really don't want to do in my heart. But there's still something in me that wants to move in that direction. I agree that the law is good. In other words, what he's saying, the fact that we struggle within ourselves to do what's right reminds us that we're not always naturally noble. Now I know some of you were born wonderful. But for the rest of us, sometimes we got to struggle to do the right thing. We got to push ourselves to do the right thing. And when we push ourselves, we're admitting that we're not a law unto ourselves, that there's something higher outside what I feel like doing that's worthy of my attention. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So his born-again spirit, we are new creations in Christ Jesus. All things become new. So in his spirit, he wanted to do what was right, but the unrenewed part of his soul tugged constantly in the opposite direction. And then he says in verse 18, by the way, do do you understand that? Okay, you see, when, when you're born again, your spirit's saved. But then you have this soul, your mind, your will, and emotions. That's your human personality. So your spiritual part made like Christ, looks like Jesus. It's wonderful. But then you got this soul. The soul remembers when you were 15. Also, the soul often reverts back to when you were 15, when you're in trouble. But, but it remembers, you know, everything that happened, and it's limited. It got this, this pull towards selfishness and frustration, all that other thing. It's just this gravitational pull, pulling it in the wrong direction. And then we have the body. So whatever your soul focuses on is the way it will go. So, if your mind, will, and emotion is focused on what you feel like doing, you're just going to do what you feel like doing. Not going to be much different than an animal. Am I preaching too hard there? Forgive me. Do you hear what I'm saying? But, if your mind, will, and emotions, your soul, is focused on spiritual things. He said, my word is Spirit. This is why we don't every Sunday we come together to get in the word so I can engage your mind and your thinking and, 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 and get you renewed into that higher and newer self so you can leave here with that focus. That's why often you leave here feeling good until you start getting all that flesh stuff in you right, right after you leave here because your focus at that moment in your mind, will and emotion is spiritual things. I mean, you focus on God and his faithfulness and his greatness. But then we go back out there and everyone's pointing at you and pointing at your circumstance. And, and, and it's challenging. And then everything in your soul, you need to do something. You need to fix it. And you got you to gotta fight that good fight of faith. And on the inside, no, I'm going to look to God. God's got this all the but, but you hear what I'm saying? So, so, so the issue was not that Paul was not a Christian. He was a Christian. He's an apostle. But he fought the same fight, each of us fight. For I know that is in me, that is in my flesh, watch this, nothing good dwells. Our problem is we don't believe this. We are constantly trying to improve our flesh, excuse our flesh, rationalize our flesh. We'll hire psychologists to to justify our flesh. Why? Because we are incessantly trying to find some characteristic in us worthy of God's love, worthy of existence. We want something in us to cause God to love us. You see, we want to say, God loves me because I'm special. God loves me because I'm good. God loves me because I'm kind. God loves me because I'm white. God loves me because I'm black. God loves me because I'm a Democrat. God loves me because I'm a Republican. We're constantly looking for things in the natural to explain God's love for us. But as long as you put the nexus of God's love on you, you live with a burden. I don't care how often you come to church. As long as it's based, his love is based on how good you are, how good you've been, how right you got it in your head. The weight is constantly on you. No wonder you're tired. No wonder you're burdened. No wonder you're frustrated because the nexus is on you and you haven't been liberated. Just like what, what did she say? Harry Tubman said, she said, man, I would have freed a thousand others if they knew they were slaves. Sometimes because we go to church, we think we're free. You're not. I get the phone calls. You're not. All right, this will help. This will help. How many believe guys? omniscient, omnipresent, and uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, omniscient means, you know, everything, everything. So God doesn't even have to think. We have to think, uh, no, God knows. That, that's, that's, I don't even know how to do that. I don't know what that is. Uh, but, but, but God is omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. But, but with this omniscience, I want you to think about this. God loved me before I was me. So there's nothing after becoming me that can stop him from loving me. Mm. Let me say that different. God loved you before you were you. So there's nothing you can do after becoming you that can stop him from loving you. So there's no point in trying to hide anything from somebody that already knows. And if he already saw your worst day but loved you anyway there should be a freedom and a liberty he knew everything you do every bad day you'd have and he loved you he called you by name amen and called you say call me father and you are my son you are my, my daughter but Paul keeps digging in man. he didn't let up for the will is present with me but how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. That's an ancient way of saying Murphy's law is right on my heels. Whatever can go wrong keeps going wrong in my life. And then to give you a break, I'm going to skip a little bit. For the next few verses, he, he describes the misery That he had to deal with as long as he had a big eye in his life. As long as he was fighting these battles on his own. But verse 24 is the breaking point. And sometimes it takes an overwhelming breakdown before you can have an undeniable breakthrough. Paul's finally at the end of himself. I, 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 I. Finally, he's on his knees. He's a Jewish man. He's probably tearing his garment, throwing dirt up in the air. Oh, wretched man that I am. The gulf between God's demands and the ability of the flesh will make you holler.
1: This has been Live Big with Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Join us next time as we continue this teaching. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big.